Defense Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Now, with your Friday rush, here's Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. I should have never really singled anybody out. You know, that was a mistake, and I really apologize for that part of it. You know, I, I really didn't mean to single anybody out. Uh, I apologize for that. But, um, you know, it's the whole system, and is this a sustainable system, and is it really, you know, good for college football? I think name, image, and likeness is good for college football. Um you know, I think the focus now is getting a little bit more on how much money I can make while I'm playing and where can I make it. And I'm not sure that's that's really good um, systematically for any of us. Hour number two of the Friday Rush. They're saving back. Tracking it quite a bit after his comments. Uh, what was that on Tuesday night, I guess, uh, in front of a whole lot of Alabama boosters. But, yeah, he was uh, sounding the reverse mode uh, yesterday on the whole Jimbo Fisher situation. And how, how I led today, Travis, it was interesting, is that story was so big, it distracted us from the fact that Jordan Addison ends up at USC. So any other day, people would say, ah, oh, there's old Lincoln tampering with the best wide wide receiver in college football last year. What a time. What a time to dump the Jordan Addison to USC rumor news. It's almost like they were waiting for that to happen. Um, It's good news for USC. He's going to be very, very valuable for their offense. I'm sure he'll be wide receiver number one. But I also think that this makes Lincoln's job in year one even more difficult. I don't think that there's a timeline here, man of where he gets until year two or year three to win a lot of games. Now that he has Caleb Williams and Travis Dye and Jordan Addison and some others via the portal, I think that the expectation is to win right away in year one, even though that football team may not be ready depth-wise to win as quickly as that in year one. Right. We look, I mean, we live in an information age, right? Everything is quick. I mean, everything is, you know, people have a short leash. And the problem is the higher those contracts get, the shorter the leash. Hey, we are paying you a significant amount of money. We have changed your family's financial trajectory for generations. We want something in return. We don't just want the flashing names. We don't want the big press conference, everything like that. We want wins. We want big wins. We want wins over rivals. We want recruiting wins. Well, Lincoln's getting the talent there. The problem is you can't start 11 skill position players on offense. You eventually have to have offensive linemen uh, to make that work, and eventually you're going to have to have a defense to stop somebody too. Um, But I guess that's neither here nor there. But as far as expectations go, it's going to be interesting because we have first-time coaches in a lot of – a lot of premier places. I mean, you look at, you know, Oregon and Florida and Notre Dame and Oklahoma and LSU, USC. You start looking at, at, at some of these and you think, I mean, in the list of top 15 best programs, I mean, how many have new coaches? Yeah. And once one of those pops and wins a big one or makes the playoff in his first year, that turns up the pressure cooker, turns up the heat on those seats of everybody who didn't. Because, say, 
for example, right, if Brent Venables takes this team to the playoff, then all those places I just mentioned, they're looking at their coaches and saying, I'm paying you maybe even more than Brent Venables, maybe, you know, just as much or anything like that. Well, how come you couldn't do it like he did it? You know, they lost all this, that, and the other. We heard about Oklahoma being down all year. We're hearing about shutting down the program, everything like that. He took them to the playoff. How come you can't? So that's the thing. I, I, I love your point about Addison specifically raising some expectations because people will look around the country and say, oh, man, Lincoln's just killing it in the transfer portal, and he's getting a lot of talent. I don't want to take that away from him. But, again, you ha- that's not how- you don't win games with – nine wide receivers that are all highly ranked you know you look at texas and usc they're kind of on the same line it's funny that they were both in the jordan allison sweepstakes it's they they are real excited about their big wide receiver transfers you look at mario williams you look at jordan Addison, um you look at hall you look at uh um uh the, the wyoming uh wyoming kid i mean they they're loaded up on wide receivers that sounds great well how many blue chip offensive line guys have they brought in how many all-american guys have they brought in well i don't think any if i'm counting so uh i i think he's i think they seem to not understand that sure it sounds sexy but that's not how you win yeah. games but then when you look at when you look at what they've been doing they haven't been winning games anyways well i and think about this too to have the full impact of what a wide receiver can do to have the full impact of what a running back can do to have the full impact of what a quarterback can do what do you need you need really good offensive line play, right? That's yes, where it all yes. starts offensively. You can have great wide – I mean, look at OU last year. It's the, it's really the perfect example to this. I know their numbers didn't pop last year, but you can't sit there and tell me that OU didn't have talent at wide receiver last year. Of course they did. They had talent at wide receiver. They had talent at running back. They had talent at quarterback. Now, maybe not to the extent that they had in 2017, 2018 years past, but it was good enough sure. offensively. But their O-line didn't produce, not to the level it needed to be, so the wide receivers weren't as effective, and it has that triple or that trickle-down effect. So, yeah, it's just this basic fundamental misunderstanding of where the most important positions are on the field. That's why I thought it was so funny, Travis, that you know when it's pretty obvious that he was tampering with players, it's wide receivers out there. It's not the offensive line or the defensive line. Really the types of players – they're going to make USC a lot better this year. Jordan Addison's a really good wide receiver, and he's going to make plays this year. But he's not more important than a run-stopping defensive tackle in the middle or an edge out on the outside that can rush the passer. I mean, wide receiver, for the most part, they were going to be okay regardless with or without Jordan Addison. They needed something up front. They didn't address that. And I'm sorry, this is more unrealistic expectations. I saw a uh, post-spring or like an updated post-spring ESPN, way too early, top 25 poll, whatever they do. After the Jordan Addison edition, they have USC number four. So it just adds oh on to God. the – yeah, it just adds to the <laughs> unrealistic expectations they have next year. They're not going to be able to block, and they can't get to the quarterback. I mean, that that's truly incredible to me. I mean, we all saw the uh, Joe Burrow – uh, injury when he was a rookie uh, with Cincinnati, and we all thought, hey, they probably need some offensive linemen because this guy's getting sacked at a record rate. So they go out, and obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Jamar Chase ends up working out, obviously one of the best receivers in the league. But when it came to the Super Bowl, they lost because they couldn't protect Joe Burrow. So we all saw that meme of if you draft an offensive lineman, Joe Burrow will be able to get the ball to a receiver. 
But Jamar Chase can run as open as he wants. But if, you know, Joe Burrow's on his back, then it, it won't quite matter much. So um, it's Lincoln's offense we saw last year. And we've seen this, Troy Aikman said it about Kellen Moore's offense with the Dallas Cowboys. These are guys that like to scheme people open. They may have an incredible mismatch. They will not exploit that mismatch. They want to scheme that person open in that mismatch. Troy Eggman said, man, if I, uh, if, if Michael Irvin was in a matchup like CeeDee Lamb was in today, he would have 10 catches by halftime because he would just let Michael Irvin work on that defensive back until the, you know, defensive coordinator tried to, tried to combat it with something. Well, they didn't try and do that with CeeDee Lamb in Dallas. And Lincoln didn't try and do that with the talent that he had at wide receiver at Oklahoma. It's almost like he's just thinking way too hard about it. So, sure, you can have all the talent you want at wide receiver, but if you're not going to change your offense to where you just want them to go and beat the guy across from him, then, I mean, you can have you can have really good wide receivers. You don't need Bolitnikoff ones, but if you're just going to scheme them open. Yeah, and that's one thing that I think is going to be different under Jeff Levy. Now, I, I, I've been told this, okay? I'm not going to sit here and act like Travis that I've gone back and watched two years of Ole Miss film or three years of UCF film and I've charted mm-hmm. and, you know, everything that he's done on third and eight or, you know, I, I haven't done that. I, I mean, I'm not going to do that, to be honest with you. But one of the things that I've understood about Jeff Levy is you're talking about those mismatches, right? And what I've been told is if there is an obvious mismatch on the outside, if you have a 6'3 wide receiver and a 5'8, 5'9 corner is trying to defend him out on the perimeter, Jeff Lebby is the guy that's going to be throwing go balls down the field to a wide receiver that might have a 5, 6 inch reach on the corner that's trying to cover him. And we're all too familiar with that, right? OU fans know all yeah, about yeah. having a 5'9 corner out there on a 6'4, 6'5 receiver. I uh, still have nightmares about that 2018 Texas game with L.J. Humphrey. Uh, just Little you know, Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, and all that. yeah, yeah. So it, it, it sounds like that Lebby's more of that type of, all right, I, I'm not going to outthink it here. If we've got a mismatch, we'll just keep going back to it until they can finally do something about it. Well, and use your better players. If you have better players, take advantage of that. You don't always just have to be – the genius. I think Lincoln at times got caught up with being called the guru and the genius and the greatest offensive mind in football and all that to where he constantly needed to prove it. And you don't have to prove it. You, you know you know who the smartest guy in the room is? The guy that throws it when, you know, CeeDee Lamb's got single coverage against a dude that's five foot nine. That's the smartest guy in the room. You don't have to get too complicated with that. And and the the keep it simple, stupid, um, you know that that saying comes into play here but no i i agree with that and man go back to what you were saying about offensive line have i don't i don't understand how we can still be in 2022 and not understand that you win the game in the trenches yeah we've seen it in the nfl we see it in college football we see it every single year that the team with the best offensive line and the best defensive line is always going to be not only competitive but usually going to be able to control the clock, going to be able to control. I mean, it's it's incredible to me that that's still falls by the wayside when it comes to skill position players. It's especially for someone that's seen both sides of it, right? Like, if you've never had a great offensive line, Travis, then I could see where you just say, well, I mean, 
you know, either we don't have the resources to get those guys or I've never had a great offensive line before and my offense has been just fine. But see, he's seen it firsthand at OU. He's seen his offense with a Joe Moore Award offensive line, and he's seen mm-hmm. his offense that was, I mean, kind of average at times last year. So when you've seen both sides of the equation, I would think you'd say, yeah, I see the difference here. We have to make a massive push to get better O-line play. And I'm sure that he'd sit here right in front of both of us and say it is important, but what has he done to really you know, secure that position group? I, I don't know. That's, that is a serious concern for SC going into next year. And whether it's Utah, whether it's Notre Dame, hell, whether it's Fresno State in the non-con, there's going to be some teams that are going to be able to expose them up front. No, I could. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and the problem is what we've seen, especially through his 2023 recruiting, when he was still in Norman, was, man, you know, the offensive line. Uh, to your point, man, I, I didn't do as hot without a Joe Moore offensive line. Well, you know what I'll do? I'll just get even better wide receivers. I'll just get more five star wide receivers. Like, dude, you're you're missing the boat on this thing. So, um, no, I I do think that. Um, we're not going to see much of a difference. We're going to see West Coast OU, um, but without without all of the success that Bob brought him early, right? I mean, you look at the, the completely straight line that goes between his first year as a head coach and his last year as a head coach that goes directly downwards when it comes to results. He's not getting to start at that top line anymore, and that's what I feel is going to be so fascinating to watch. Bravo to everyone on Twitter last night, all you OU fans. It was great. It was fantastic. I had a good laugh last night and this morning at the Pro Football Focus College uh, uh, Twitter page. Who is stopping this offense? <laughs> and it has the USC offseason right. editions of Lincoln, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and Mario Williams. Rush three, drop eight. Everyone that commented, rush three, drop eight. That joke is not old. It's still funny. And Travis and I got a kick out of it. So thank you very much for that. Did you comment and say that? I didn't. I was, uh, I was scrolling. The thing is, man, I don't know what uh, – I think it's Texas fans just masquerading as USC fans on that site right now, but – there's all these USC fans that are um, either Lincoln stand accounts or Caleb Williams stand accounts that just popped up and they've got their 14 followers and a, and a, and a USC Trojan, you know, Abby, and all they do is comment 55-19 and they're just, I just, the USC trolls, I can deal with the Texas trolls because they're well known and, you know, we kind of have a good feel for them over time. They've been around and they've at least been consistently annoying. Man, these USC trolls coming out of the woodwork, I just I don't have the time for them. So I just scroll and I smile that everybody is on the same page. There's nothing like Twitter when everybody's on the same page and everybody understood the assignment last night, rush three, drop eight. I mean, everybody knows what that means. Um, didn't that national title get taken away from USC? Yes, sure that yes, they did, brag about right? a game that never happened. Yeah, I, yeah, they it, brag about a game that never happened. Yeah, so that's 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 quite the interesting move. Fifty-five, nineteen. Why? I mean, I mean, the game still happened. We still have the memory of it. But that t- national title did get stripped from you. Just, uh, just saying. Yeah, I can't find it anywhere. Text line is saying, uh, "I hate so many of OU sports being on ESPN Plus." I know um, the softball game is on ESPN Plus tonight at six thirty. But the thing is that A&M Minnesota game before the OU Prairie View A&M game is on ESPN2. So that is a little bit annoying that the number one overall seed has to play on ESPN+. But Travis, 
Um, I guess I can understand a little bit why, and we'll talk more about the softball regional uh, later this hour. But OU plays Prairie View A&M tonight. Their record, their overall record is 20 and 27. So they're seven games under 500. They, they made the postseason. They're 16 and 8, or they were 16 and 8 in the SWAC. That means they only won four games outside their conference this year. Yikes. And in fact, those all it's, those uh, wins may have come in the conference tournament. I don't know if they did win a game outside in non-conference play. Well, you know, they've they've had a season they can be proud of. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure it's going to go on much longer. Um, I, I just I, I think we're getting so spoiled as OU fans. Uh, I mean, I know for a fact we're getting spoiled as OU fans when it comes to softball. I mean, we I have heard people whether it was through the text line, uh, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's just you know, out and about, people talking about softball. It's, you know, we can critique here, critique there. I mean, we've lost, you know, they've lost 27 games. I don't have the stats in front of me, but has Patty Gasso lost 27 games in her career? Probably like, not. The last, not <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's it's incredible. And, and you know she's not going to lose 27 for the rest of her career combined. I mean, that's, that's what's truly amazing to me is she has done such – a good job of just filling every little hole um, in the in this program. That I mean, even last year we talk about. Obviously, we leaned very heavily on G in the, in the postseason, uh, especially to pitch. But what does she go? She goes out and gets get gets you a couple stud pitchers out there. And now we've got you know three pitchers in the top seven of the ERA in the country. Uh, things like that. It's it's rich get ri- richer with with a program like this. And you know, I uh, I wish Prairie View A and M a um, a good night and and a great off season. I'm counting it up right now. I'm looking at their schedule. Travis, OU is playing a team tonight in an NCAA regional that started off the year oh, no. 0 and 19. They started the year 0 and 19. Oh, no. oh my gosh! Oh, no. <laughs> they started. Oh, no, they did not win a non-conference game before uh, SWAC play started. Now, hey. You respect oh, every no. single opponent in this NCAA yes. tournament yep. format. Or you'll get beat. You, you yep. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Only you, takes one. Only takes one. But numbers don't lie. They started off 0-19 to start the year. So I'll tell you what, Tyler, though. Well, that uh, Let's see. But, I mean, you look at it, then that means they, 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 they flipped the switch, though. If they started 0-19... That, that makes them 20-8 and eight in their last 28, if, guess, my, if my math serves so, me right. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. That's a team, that's a team on a mission. You know they—they they are not the same. Oh, nineteen team. They aren't, man. I can't even, totally I different can't even squad. say it. <laughs> totally, totally different squad. squad. Hey, but that's—I that, mean, twenty and eight. We'll just say twenty and eight. They're yeah. riding a—they've won twenty out of the last twenty-eight. That's what we'll say to to maintain the respect. Hey, what's going on at uh, Ash Cigar Lounge? Uh, man, we're uh, we're kicking. We got some few people coming in and uh, um, smoking cigars. Uh, I do love the smell of a good cigar they've got a beautiful selection here and uh i will be definitely lighting one up later i'm not sure i'll do it on air but i'll definitely do one a little later they've got some live music coming up here too uh next week jesse and the trappers are going to be coming through we are going to have brian smith one of the owners here um that's going to be joining us and telling them a little bit about uh why this place is so supportive of uh, of the military they've got a cool little story in there so yeah good time here at uh at Ash, and we're going to be pouring up these $3 domestic drafts, one-sixth of the price of the PGA Championship beers. So, 
4205 South Sheridan Road in Tulsa. Go say hi to Travis. More to come on the Friday Rush. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers. Check out your local dealers for great purchase and lease deals on the full line of Buicks and GMC trucks. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call us. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships or visit FowlerAuto.com to see the Fowler standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. The Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is live in Tulsa, Ash Cigar Lounge, 4205 South Sheridan Road. Uh, let's let's get to the text line here and see what we have. I will give you Prairie View, A&M, and eight runs. What? After the second inning? Seriously? Yeah. A team that yeah, started 0-19? You're going to give me eight hey, runs? You mean 20 out of the last 28. Oh, hey, thank you. Know, you. you gotta, it's all about spin zone here. No, thank you. I will not be taking the eight runs. No I will give you eight runs. No I will not way. be taking it. Uh, in the 580, what's the status of Jordy in the regional? It's simply going to be an uphill climb to win a championship without her on the mound. She's day-to-day. That's what Patty said earlier this week. Um, I wouldn't guess that she pitches this weekend. If it was an emergency situation, I... I don't even know if she would pitch in an emergency situation this weekend. Is it more of an uphill climb without her, Travis? It is an uphill climb, but you can't deny the fact they, they still had the best offense in college softball. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and, – and I don't want it to come across again like we don't need her, she's not important to the team. Absolutely she is. Absolutely. We wouldn't have the record that we have now without her. But – this team's got a ton of experience. It's got incredible bats. It's got two other pitchers we can lean on that both had had you know sub one ERAs in the season. Two, if we just had two top seven pitchers based on ERA in the country, we'd we'd be happy with that, right? I mean, I, I feel like most teams would be stoked about that. The fact that we have three is is just borderline insanity. So. Uh, of course it's going to be an uphill climb. She's, you know, one of the best pitchers in the nation. But can we can we win the national title? O- of course we can. Uh, Steven Brocanero has uh, he's found the number. Since 2016, OU softball is 308 and 36. 308 and 36 since 2016. And 17 <laughs> oh of those my. losses, Travis, were in 2016 and 2017. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, my goodness. 36 losses since the start that's, of the – That's uh, obscene. It, it, it is, yeah. Um, that's obscene. Prairie View A&M got 27 losses just this year alone. Just this year. 19 of them in a row. Yeah. Uh, this one says, would love to see Saban go all LeGarrette Blunts versus the Boise State player on Jimbo Fisher. Now we want the violence. Oh, man. Yeah, that's violence. Hey, hey, Jimbo – Jimbo brought up that Nick ought to be smacked. So, I mean, I mean, is that inciting violence? So, you know, is this, I don't know. I, I didn't bring my attorney to the remote, so uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would play out. But, yeah, I don't know if he's going to go full of Garrett Blount. But, hey, it, it, we're talking about this in 99 days away from the start of college football season. 
can you imagine as this gets ramped up all the way to October 8th? I no. mean, man, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, who would win, by the way? Saban or Jimbo Fisher? Now, Jimbo's younger, and I think he's got – he's definitely taller than Saban, I think by about three inches, but you know as well as I do, even though Saban's approaching 70, Saban's got old man strength, man. I, I don't yeah, I, that I, old I don't man think strength. I don't think I don't think Jimbo's beating up Nick Saban. There's probably odds out there on this, right? Oh, there's odds on there's everything. There's odds on everything. It, there's definitely on a There's odds on everything. I'm Yeah, I'm sure somebody's put odds on this. Um based on just the press conferences, I think I have to take Jimbo because Jimbo man, he talks real fast. He's loud. His eyes are real wide. That's that. He's he's got a bit of a wild uh, wild side to him. I'm not sure I'd be willing to to put Nick up against him. Although that old man's strength, it is one of modern science's many mysteries. Um, I, I do think I'd probably take Jimbo, but luckily, uh, you know, Nick Saban uh, is going to use his football team to fight for him. Yeah. Uh, this text says Jimbo 100. percent he got bruised just by A&M fans bumping into him during the field storm. He'd crumble. I guess that's talking about Saban. Saban got bumped into. Yeah, gotta be. Oh, nice. Yeah, Saban is the he in that situation. I imagine. Uh, I actually love forward uh-huh. to that. Uh, we've got Brandon from the OU Club of Baltimore. Looking forward to watching the Preakness from my AC living room, and not in a near ninety-seven degree weather this weekend. Also, excited to see OU men's basketball come to the Mid-Atlantic and play Villanova. Yeah, that, uh, what, Big 12, Big East challenge. Jay Wright is not the head coach of Villanova anymore, but OU drew the, uh, OU hoops drew the tough ex- assignment at having to play at Nova this year. Yikes. At, yeah, um, at Nova, and then you'll play Arkansas and Tulsa. Just that alone is a pretty tough non-con schedule for OU next year. Yeah, and, and Arkansas, man, they've been recruiting out of their minds recently. But we, you know, we walked them wire to wire, you know, last year in Tulsa, and I, I strongly encourage everybody to come to that game in Tulsa. We were, we were probably eighty percent of the crowd was uh, calling the Hogs the whole game, uh, despite us again just dominating wire to wire. Um, you know, Musman gets thrown out. It was a heck of a party for OU fans, but I'd like a I'd like a few more of them at the game to party with uh, this coming year. But it'll be odd to see what Nova looks like uh, in the absence of, of Jay Wright. I kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. I did I did I did not expect. You know, you put the list of guys that are going to hang it up. Jay Wright was not on that list for me. Okay, uh, let's see. I feel like this college football season is going to be like a WWE SummerSlam or WrestleMania. Lots of blusters and yelling between big matches. Yeah, um, OU and Texas kind of, I guess, saw yesterday what this league is all about, right? I, I don't, uh, I definitely don't see Steve Sarkeesian getting into it with an opposing head coach or Brent Venables, even for that matter. But it was kind of a realization yesterday no. of, uh, oh, this, this league is a smackdown. Okay, you got Lane Kiffin, who's going to throw some jokes at you from time to time. And Nick Saban may even throw down on you if he thinks that you're doing something illegally or that is morally wrong in the sport. I, I, I love it. I love it. Man, Lane retweeting that, uh, that 
I think it was a either a tweet or a Facebook post. To be honest, it was just a meme of the record um, that you know each year they had Texas A and M zero five stars, one five star, you know two five stars, and then NIL introduced seven five stars in the greatest class ever. Uh, after going four and four in the SEC with losses to Mississippi State and Arkansas, blah blah blah, and they're like, oh, but they but they really just love what's going on down in in College Station. Lane Kiffin retweeted that, and he even retweeted and tags both coaches and puts the little goat emoji. I mean, he is an instigator, and I love it to be honest. I mean, he he's he's fun. It's he's a lot like. You know, leech in the fact of it, they just make college football fun. Sure. And I'm all about coaches that are, that are willing to do that and willing to be themselves and not just kind of walk the line and be good soldiers and all that. I mean, I don't want them necessarily, you know, calling other guys uh, narcissistic, uh, you know, despicable, you know, all this. Like, I don't necessarily need all that, but a little Twitter fun, you know. Well, why not, right? Why not? Hey, I mean, wh- no harm done, right? One more text before we hit a break here. And if your sister is listening, she needs to turn down the radio. Or if she's listening on the Ref app, she needs to, you know, maybe uh, silence her phone just for a quick second. This text says, we talk a lot of trash on A&M, Texas, etc. But is there anything more annoying than the hog call? My lord, that's horrible. <laughs> the hog call, um, <laughs> hmm. How do you accurately describe the hog call to someone that's never seen it before? It just has a weird. Well, I, I sure as heck aren't going to do it on. I'm not going to do it on radio. That's for sure. Yeah, just because I don't think I'll ever be let back in here if I do that. It has a weird or an interesting tone to it, doesn't it? It just yeah, yeah. I don't know, like the noise that is you have made. To, I mean, it. it it's not. I'll, I'll put any any college. Any college fan base that all gets on the same page and is able to do something together, I'm in support of. Because these days, it's it's hard to get a large group of people to do anything, you know. At the same time, I I obviously, you know, I I lived in Fayetteville when I was younger. I am guilty of calling the Hogs many times growing up, and it is annoying <laughs> to other fan bases. But that's kind of the point, right? Right, isn't it? I mean, that's the best so, way to describe it. I think if if you're not rooting for Arkansas, your takeaway is that's like the most annoying sound in the world. They make that sound seriously, yeah. But it's if that's what they're going be. for, yeah, it works. It's very much, you know, it's it's Baker Mayfield, it's Pat Beverly, it's it's calling the Hogs. It's you love it unless you know it's it's not in your favor. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting sound for sure. There's no doubt about that. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll get to more of your text on the Air Coverage Solutions text line coming up next, 405-651-3439. By the way, there's like this thought. Um, I, I don't know how many OU fans feel this, but nationally it's, well, you know, OU's not allowed to have a good season this year because they've got a first-year head coach. Well, I've got some numbers from several first-year head coaches that actually – were really, really good in their first season at uh, different schools. I'll tell you about that coming up next and more. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans.
Friday Rush, live on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson with you until 6 p.m. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. By the way, on the text line, your sister uh, just legit. I've never seen someone text the hog call, but she texted the hog call and said annoyingly, Travis's SEC-loving sister. <laughs> it's pretty impressive, man. <laughs> Good Lord. That must have taken up the whole screen. On yeah, the, no, the it did. It, it's in all caps. It's in all caps. So I'm seeing it and I'm like, whoa, okay, whoa. Was... i got to adjust my eyes here. The hog call in all caps here like <laughs> threw me off a little bit. Now, uh, appreciate her interacting with the show. A, a couple others here. Hog call or the Georgia barking? I think the Georgia barking is actually kind of cool, though it is weird to see a grown man bark at someone else. I think it's weirder to bark. I think because... I have never, I've I've never seen um, anybody that was perhaps uh, I don't know not in their right mind do the hog call. I've seen people dart or people bark that were uh, not in their right mind at the time, perhaps. So if you can be mistaken for somebody that isn't just doing it out of college football fandom, then I think that's the problem. I think the hog call is specifically college sports-related. Everything else, you kind of start to blur that line. Florida State constant game-long war chant is worse than the hog call. Uh, Did you go to the Florida State game in 2011 in Tallahassee? I didn't. I didn't. Unfortunately, my my restaurant uh, career and budding restaurant career at that time uh, was nights and weekends were were out of the question for the most part. So Mm -hmm. I tried to get... I tried to get to Norman when I could, but I couldn't make it to a ton of away games. Sounds but like I, I, a, see, I don't think that's that crazy. No, I, it was actually pretty cool watching it on TV. A um, little bit intimidating when they're really, really good. Not so intimidating now when they're struggling to even win six yeah, games a year. Right. You know what I mean? Right. No, I, I think, uh, I mean, what would be the most annoying, I don't know, is it is it cowbell I, I, related? I'll, I'll tell you what it is. This is actually, and... I like to pick on this fan base a lot. I will give this fan base credit because they are passionate. They do show up. You got to appreciate that. But the whoop that A&M does is, it's pretty bad. You know, I mean, all, all the all the chants that they do and the spirit fingers type of st- stuff that A&M fans do. Yeah, it's, it's, a should, weird it's a weird should, cult. It's a weird cult. Yeah, that, that, one's a, yeah, that one's a pretty obvious uh Pretty obvious leader. I should have, I should have thought of that. Yeah, that's rough. It's, that's a lot of their, a lot of their stuff. Though they're, they're very cultish. Yeah, it's it's really easy to make yeah, fun of. Kidding. Really easy to make fun of. Yeah. R- Ronaldo sounds great in my headphones though. So appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Ronaldo from the village says, <laughs> "Bring on the defense." Can we expect the defense to outshine the offense in 2022? Thanks, guys. I I mean that is a possibility. Sure. Um, but as things sit here, Travis, you may disagree, but I- I'm kind of looking at the offense to be the stronger side of the football. That can change throughout the summer. That can change throughout training camp and definitely during the season. But I'm kind of sitting here like, man, if this O-line's good, this offense will be set. This offense will be elite. Defensively, I've got a little bit more questions than just one position group. Yeah, I- although I was uh... – I was with Dylan Gabriel a little over two hours ago. He was he's in Saw Tulsa that. enjoying the PGA. Um, so we actually I caught him on my way out because I had to get through the remote. 
But I see him, I see his buddy and his brother all walking up as I'm walking out. So I say hi and whatnot. Like, hey, we need to, you know, we have tickets for this hole. We need to go this way. I was like, well, I'll walk with you. You know, I'll I'll show you around. So um, anyways, walked with him a little bit and, and chatted with him. And he he had that look in his eye. He goes, man, the defense is going to be really good. And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because, you know, we're talking about install and we're talking about how much they've, you know, how much. Because he knows, obviously, Levy's offense. So he has a good feel for where they're at as far as how much they've implemented all that how far along they are he was really confident with how how far along they were he was really excited Um, but i just thought it was interesting because i was specifically asking about the offense and levy and he uh you know on his own brought up he just said man that defense is going to be really good so yeah, I thought that was yeah. really interesting. Um, that's not going to disappoint anyone if the defense is the better side of the ball and then they end up being really good at top you know, 15, 20 oh. defense or whatever. I think that that's going to be met with, I, I don't know, I, I, a lot of people being like, yes, we're finally back to playing the way that we need to play. I Actually, I think if you polled the fans, they might want to have the better side of the ball be defense this year. Oh, I, yeah, I think that would – yeah, I think it would be an overwhelming, uh, overwhelming favorite. You know, you look at <clears throat> some of the teams, uh, I don't know, that have had good, really good defenses and kind of lackluster offenses uh, over time, and maybe they would think opposite. They'd say, man, I just I get jealous of those high-flying offenses, man. They're putting up points, man. It looks like video games. It looks like somebody's uh, playing pinball, man. It's just it's going like crazy. And then you have it. And then you think, man, we aren't winning anything really big. And then you look on a national cha- stage and you think, man, we need defense that look like that to really win big. So I think it's just where we've come from is we've seen all the high-flying offense. We've seen the guru at work. We've seen all this. And we've seen defense cost us at least probably one national title. Oh, yeah. I know a national title appearance the, the defense cost us. So I don't want to get too, you know, I'm, I, I try not to be the one that, oh, man, if we had a defense, man, we won three titles by now. You know, I don't want to be that. But uh, at the same time, I think I think our fan base is now more conditioned to just they, they miss defense so much, I think, and especially at the level that I think Brent Venables can get us to. And, and, and what offense really scares you in the Big 12? Um, not I, if, 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 if Quinn Ewers is don't, don't say Texas. half of what he's <laughs> built up to be, I, I mean, maybe, but still, I, I'm not there on Texas. I'll, I'll give you a wild card, though, not because I think that they're going to score 65 points per game, but if Adrian Martinez works out at Kansas State, that's a tough offense to defend if they have the right quarterback that can run the ball, that can throw it a little bit. They wouldn't put up 60 points on OU. But what they would be able to do is have long, sustaining drives that keeps OU's offense out on the field. So there's at least two for you. And those are massive ifs. Massive ifs at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about Texas specifically. And, I mean, offensive line, boy, they're really counting on some freshmen coming in and contributing immediately. Uh, including some that aren't even there yet. I mean, we're not talking about guys that enrolled early and that worked through spring and everything like that. We're talking about they need guys to contribute. I mean, they may not even unpacked, and they gotta they gotta go and uh, and start in their first game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I don't know. We like we talked we talked about earlier with USC. I just you know you can get as many fancy wide receivers as you want. 
you know, but if they don't have time to get open because your quarterback's laying on his back, then and, – and who knows? Quinn has not had any meaningful time in college football. He didn't never played at Ohio State, and he reclassified. So, you know, what was going to be a senior year, he spent just sitting behind seemingly 10 Ohio State quarterbacks on the depth chart. So what is he going to be like if, you know, that you know game against Alabama, he spends half of it on his back? Yep. You know, what is that going to do to his mentality going forward? It is the Friday Rush. We'll close up hour number two next. Citra Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush on a Friday. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis Davidson is live at Ash Cigar Lounge in Tulsa, 4205 South Sheridan in T-Town. We got the co-owner, Brian Smith, on with us. Uh, Travis, what's going on over there at, uh, at Ash Cigar Lounge? Oh, we're just uh, hanging out, uh, Brian uh was kind enough to stop by and throw on a headset with us. So uh, I, I had I had one question. I, I've been here uh, multiple times. Uh, I try and frequent the place. Uh, and I've noticed I've met a lot of veterans sitting at the bar, uh, hanging out, almost as if it's their meeting, almost treating it like a clubhouse. So is that something by design, or is there just, there are just a few that live in the area that seem to hang out, and this is where they ended up? Well, actually, Travis, when this whole thing started, it was kind of just a kind of going to be a hangout. You know, you know, you have experience with restaurants and things, and I'm not sure how it went for you. But when we opened it, we were just going to hang out. And apparently you got to pay taxes and there's all kinds of rules and whatnot. So honestly, one of our um, one of our owners and partners, uh, Jen, uh, her husband passed away. She's a gold star widow um, with Folds of Honor. And she's actually a, an official speaker for that organization. We support them as well as Soldiers Wish. So it's not really by accident. It is, it is by design. We're very welcoming to the veteran. And ironically, veterans like cigars, man. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, some, some, uh, something about them. No, it's, it's great. I've, I've noticed it every time I've been in. And uh, I appreciate you guys uh, uh, getting involved things like that. They've got, they've got a Soldiers Wish event coming up at uh, June 9th. Hopefully I'll see you guys here. All right, that'll do it. Hour number three coming up next.